All right, welcome to the next episode of With That Being Said. Um, it's going to come in two parts. I'm going to edit this up, chop it up in two parts because we had a great conversation talking about military life and talking about some uh, some of today's issues and covering some some different differing opinions on it. Um, there's a few F-bombs dropped, so if you're listening around, kids, be careful of that. Uh, and yeah, take it in chunks if you have to. We'll appreciate you. Let's do it. you coming on the podcast this is my boy josh we met at edwards um i don't know i'll allow you to introduce yourself yeah um i feel like this is a long time coming i feel like we we're always talking about doing this right um yeah so we met um probably uh 2013 14 yeah in edwards when you got there um and i had been there about a year and you became my flight chief pretty much immediately, right? I think so. Yeah, I think you came straight yeah. to night shift. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm from Maryland originally. Um, joined the Air Force in 2010. Um, ended up getting stationed in Korea for a year. And then after that, I ended up in Edwards in 2012. And then we met, and uh, you've, you've been there with me through a lot. So, <laughs> I appreciate it, yeah, man. What, uh, so we talk about a little bit about the military life. Um, like you joined, did you join right out of high school? Um, so right, I, I graduated high school in 2009 uh-huh. and I did a semester at uh, our local community college. I was trying to play baseball, but the community college I was going to was surprisingly like really good at baseball and they were really big at recruiting guys from D1 who weren't cutting it grade wise or they were having, you know, issues with um, the law or something, and they had to come back to community college to kind of get their feet back under them. So when I got there, uh, like a lot of people, I just didn't know what I wanted to do, and mm-hmm. school wasn't my thing. So after a semester at the community college um, that winter, I started going to the recruiter's office, and um, I had originally planned on going into the Marine Corps, probably like 98% of every other male who's about to join the military. Right. Um, But my dad had a few friends who were in the Marine Corps during the Vietnam era, and they were able to talk to me and kind of shoo me away from it. Okay. Um, Yeah. And then I, 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 yeah. So, so essentially I pretty much joined immediately out of the military. I was about 19 or out of high school. I was pretty much 19 years old. So. Okay. Okay. And it's just was, was, was you projecting out, I mean, like, it's kind of like me. I mean, like, I joined a little bit later, but right. you kind of like, you know, some of, a lot of us in the military are probably from those towns or, you know, like, I feel like grade school and all that kind of crap, you know, even our parents don't prepare us, you know, for, you know, it's kind of like, okay, graduation, graduation. You know, you, you know, you got this graduation date. You go, you go to grade 12, you graduate right. and you go to college. And that's mm-hmm. pretty much your basic understanding. Like, I'm going to get as good a grade as I can or, like, maintain a C average or whatever I've got to do to pass, not get held back to make right. it to graduation. Then I graduate, mm-hmm. and then I go to college, you know. But right. the, there's, like, a lot more to it uh-huh. than that, you know. And it's kind of like, you know, like, grade school doesn't prepare us for a career or anything, really, for, like, real life. So even right. when you get to college – it's kind of like, okay, what do I want to do? What, what, yeah. what, what do I want to be? Like, what, what, what is my calling? You know? And so yeah. you end up sitting there and like, you know, kind of like you, you know, you look around 
like this this town isn't you know I see a lot of people like where I'm from they join they get jobs at factories or they you know they work for that you know furniture factories or Toyota or tire factories or whatever it is whatever the the industry is in your area maybe you can get on with that and you know you ride out the next 25 or 30 years you know hustling for that job and to pay the mortgage and to do whatever but you know sometimes when you're at that early stage you look around like i think i want a little bit more you know or at least to 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 get out there and and venture out and see some different things so you know uh, for a lot of they the military you know the recruiters talk hey you can travel you can do this you can do that blah 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 you know and it's it sounds like a good story you know and it's kind of like okay i'll try that you know right well they're 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 salesmen right exactly (laughs) i mean that's what they're they're there to sell you the dream of the military right I completely, I completely agree with you 100%. Um, I feel like it's kind of the cliche story of a lot of people. It's, you know, they come from these small towns. Um, they're lost. They want to travel. They want to get away from the drama of their town. And um, the military is kind of that, that outlet to do it. And I think that's completely fine. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm starting to notice now a lot, though, since I've been out, is that people who don't serve – look at people who want to serve as if they're giving up. Right. Right. As if it's like, Oh, this is a last resort thing. Right. You know, like you've given up on all other, other things to do. And, um, you know, I, I, I have friends and stuff like that who, who have graduated and they consider and stuff like that. And, you know, I always tell them the hardest part about it is just taking that leap to do it. Right. It's the, it's the unknown. I mean, you can sit there and talk to, your veteran friends, you can watch YouTube videos on it, but nothing truly prepares you for something that serious of dropping everything and going into a completely new life alone and away from your comfort zone. Right. Um, but the thing that I, I, I get irritated about and, and I understand it, it's, it's, I think it's in the same context of looking at someone who works like a blue collar job. Mm-hmm. Um, people just look negatively upon it. You know, people have those stigmas of like, Oh, you're too stupid or, you're poor or right. you came from a drug ridden family and you're trying to escape it all. Right. And there's some people that just regardless of it, there's some people who just genuinely want to do something that's bigger than them. Right. And I think regardless of, of your reasoning for joining, like, you know, hypothetically speaking, like you could have joined for school and I could have joined to travel. Right. But I think at the end of the day, one thing that we all share in common is, is that, there's something inside of us that said, I want to do something that's bigger than just me. Right. And I think that's a rare characteristic to come across. And I think that's why there's so many, there's a little amount of the population that, that goes through with doing it. Right. Um, so I, 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 I agree with what you say. I just think it's important. Um, you know, obviously you just, you can't change some people's minds and obviously someone who's never done it, it is never going to understand. Right. Um, but it's the same context with like people who want to go and be police officers, yeah. and, you know, firefighters yeah. or, you know, like I said, blue collar work, someone who works in the factory. And, and I'm starting to notice now a lot of people, there's, there's a pride now coming back to doing the trade work. Right. Um, I think a lot of people are starting to notice there's really good money in trade work. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, um, I think, I think, I think um, like, you know, we, you know, you went to Korea. Does, does, did, when you were there, do, do you know if Korea does the mandatory at least two year 
um, enlistment for their military. Because a lot of countries implement at least the, like everybody out yeah. of high school, they implement like a two year, at least a two year enlistment into the military. Yeah. Do you so, think? Do you think the U.S. would would benefit from? Of course, it's, it can't happen because we're you know, yeah. America is just so everybody's got their own state of mind. But yeah. do you think that we would benefit from that? Or, or something like that. I, I don't, I don't think the country would benefit it as far as like a a military power aspect. Right, right, I, right. I, I don't think you can get as much powerful as we are now. Right. But I think in the aspect of people being less ignorant to things right. and looking at things from a bigger picture, it would benefit every single individual. Um, you know, like I know. You, you know, you can attest to this. And so can I like our country has its issues yes, and it has deep rooted issues, but I don't think people understand how good we have it unless you've been to other countries in right. the Middle East right. or Asia right. where there is serious issues of deep rooted oppression still. And, and it's not just oppression. I mean, there's wage issues, there's government issues, there's oppression issues. So for me, that was one of the big eye-opening things is I went to these other countries where I saw this stuff and then I come back home and I see things that are happening here. And I'm like, you guys have no idea how good you have it. Right. You know, Even if you think that you are oppressed, it's nothing compared to what these people are actually facing. So in that aspect of people growing as a person themselves and, and experiencing other parts of the world, I think it would benefit drastically. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, because like I said, like regardless, a, a lot of people might feel like the military, I, uh, the people that feel like the military is a cop out. Right. I feel that they are copping out even harder. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just kind of like that defense mechanism of, I don't think I could cut it. I'm, not every person, you know, there are some people who right. are just, you know, just you got it's okay not, you you may have more options so right. this this option right here just doesn't make sense to you and and i get yeah. that but don't shit on anybody else right or don't you know don't knock anybody else for either choosing it or or whatever they might do because at the end of the day you know we all got a job to do whether you're a, 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 a sanitation worker slash garbage man a janitor in the school you know what i'm saying everybody has there's a job out there for anybody you know what i'm saying right. and right. and 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 there are th that 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 those few who do decide to join the military for whatever reason for whatever branch that they do that is necessary to even to even give other people the freedom to right. to, to 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 look down their, to look down their nose at the military you know so, right right and and the the problem is is that you know, I don't know the exact numbers, but in my six years of serving, I've met some of the most intelligent individuals that I've ever experienced and people who have multiple bachelor's degrees or master's degrees or even doctorates and still serving their country. Right, right. So if you're if you're basing someone's intelligence off of a degree. Right. Well, there's just as many people serving their country who are degree getting their degrees, you know, part time or full time or whether it's mandatory because of the military and stuff like that like what what are you basing this level of intelligence and why does it give you the right to look down because you're making 100k well i know for a fact there's people in the military who make 100k right 
you know, or more, right. you know, if they're playing the system right. So the that's why it's hard for me to to sometimes see how I guess if you want to call it like the civilian side of America right. has so many issues when in the military, it's like, yeah, there's issues that go on and stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like everyone is playing the same role. You're you can you have the opportunity to get an education and that and stuff like that. And um, it's you're not brainwashed like people think you are. Right. I think people like you and I and, and like you and me, we were very outside of the box thinkers, which you know, it, it's beneficial, but it's also can be the demise of exactly, you. Exactly. Um, you just have, it, it teaches you one of those things where it's like, sometimes there is a time and place to shut up in color. Right. You know, just right. because you're in the military doesn't mean you always have to say, yes, sir. You know, yes, ma'am. You can speak out at times, but you know, I, I think there's just this huge stigma revolving around the military that everyone is a yes, man. Everyone right. is a robot. You know, there's, and at the same all- time, I think that goes along with people. I mean, because, okay, there are differences in each branch, you know, and, and we were in the Air Force. So right. our perspective and, and our, you know, like, you know, our 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 shut up in color mentality wasn't instilled in us as hard as the Marines or the Army, right. you know, because they run their, they run their shit a little bit differently. And, yeah. you know, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, we, if we go back to intelligence, okay, you know, right. the Air Force has to have, you know, we, we've got the highest, if you have to have a higher ISFAB score to get into the, the Air Force than Army right. and Marines and, and whatever, you know, so, right. you know, and, and I think, you know, because at the, whoever formulated, like, when you, when you break it all down, whoever formulated the, 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 program you know they were kind of it was it was pretty smart the way they have it you know when it's laid out and you think about it you know yeah and the way they you know because air force when when i got stationed in okinawa air Air force e4 can go out and get in a get a car and do this and do that marines Uh no you gotta be at least an e6 like you know yeah yeah like you're you're, they they cut down and they teach you to deal with that shit like just deal with it you know, yeah. shut up in color. This is how yep. it is. You know, yeah. this is how you address. This is this is you. So their right. their mentality of shut up in color is a lot different than Air Force. So even our perspective of of the military and military life and how things should be is going to be different than talking to someone that's in the army or that's in the Marines. You know, because mm-hmm. you know, so 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 the the general population may be basing you know they they and and to them they don't a lot of times you know i still get family members and friends that think i'm in the army you know it's, it's just the <laughs> army That's it, well, it, well it, it's it's the it's the the poster child of of what we assume the right military, you know the army it brings. just started off i guess you know from from way way back in the day that's what it was the army and then right. you know we branched off from the army so but it's still the general mentality of whatever they put out there is Oh, you're in the army, the you're army, right. the army. Yeah, I mean, how many times have you been out in public wearing a uniform and someone calls you a soldier? Right. You know, or how's the army? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I mean, and, and that just shows you that there is an inherent ignorance to the way the military works. Right. People, and, and and it's not it's not anyone's job to know anything specific about the military. Right. But I think that there, 
is a certain it, it it's a little bit of a stretch and I know it's it's petty sounding but in some ways I think there is a certain level of disrespect when there are people who are signing up to go do something bigger to provide safety and security and you can't simply know the five branches of the military right. service that service that protect the country I mean I mean I'm not asking you to know the rank structure right I'm just saying you don't know the five branches right you know and you can't really distinguish between them. I mean, right. Besides the army and the air force, all the branches wear significantly different uniforms. Right. You know, and, and even now the arm or the air force is changing their uniforms to the, the MCUs or the multicams or whatever. And as soon as you, and as soon as you tell them you're in the air force, what is they? Oh, you jump out of planes or you fly. Planes? <laughs> you're a pilot. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I usually respond back with, yeah, I fly M 16s and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. It, it eventually, I mean, you just have, it's one of those things where, you know, it is what it is and um, people aren't obligated to know anything, but, you know, it, and at the same time, if, if it's our job, if we want to, to, to teach those people, right. You know, if, if, if we want to be addressed the right way, then we obviously have to teach them and correct them and stuff like that. So. Do you think. Like, if you could go back right now to the day that you decided to join, mm-hmm. would you do things the same way? Would you join or not? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I think about this not as much as I used to when I first got out, but that's obviously probably, like, the biggest question I'm ever asked is, like, you know, do you regret it? I think the only thing that I might have changed differently was just the contract I chose. Yeah. Um, I might have chose four years and really the only reasoning behind that is just because had I done four years, it might have prevented a lot of the trouble that I did get myself into. Right. Right. Um, but at the same time, what I did to get myself in trouble taught me so much, you know, about growing up, um, you know, and it, and it it really made me grow as an adult and as an individual, and it and it showed me a lot of true colors about other people. Right. Um, you know, who's willing to stick stick there with you and stuff like that, and who's willing to bail on you and stuff like that. So, um, right. I don't. You know, I even think about it's like would I would I have changed career fields? You know, I mean, obviously we were in one of the the most dreadful career fields you can choose of any of the branches. Right. Um. And, and I, I still don't think I would because the people I met were just terrible and they were incredible. Right. You know, you got the best of both worlds um, and it just you can't exchange that stuff. Right. You, you really can't. You can't exchange those life experiences, the camaraderie. Um, At the end of the day, like I didn't want to be a cop, you know, but when I look at like, you know. I'm, I enjoyed, you know, we, we get all the drama that's going on on base. We get to respond right. to that. I would rather wear a beret than that damn Burger King hat or whatever it is <laughs> you know, when we got yeah. to wear blue. I'd much rather be wearing a beret. And yeah. if something kicks off, I'd rather have a 9 mil or M4 than a keyboard or a stethoscope right. or whatever right. it might be. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's just, that's I think, just basic yeah. perks of the, of, of the job. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it also it also requires you to put your life on the line and, and whatever. Right. But if my life is on the line, at least I have training and I have right a defense. 
Yeah. You know, if my life is on the line and then and, and, and there's an active shooter there, I'm not one of the ones hiding under the desk with no right, no kind of way to defend myself. And that's just me. And that that's so funny that you bring up that point, because one of the things I was going to say was, you know, I remember after being in a few years, I was like, man, this whole cop thing sucks. Like, we don't do anything. There's never any action on base, really. But now that I've been out, it's given me a whole new perspective of that side of the world. Right. Of what policing is. Right. And I can come at and I mean, we obviously know the issues with the police force right now and what's going on in the country. But it allows me to come at it from a viewpoint that I never had before. Right. And, and look at situations and say, hold on, like there's more to this story than what's than what you see at, at blank face, you right, know? Right. And, um, and, and that's something that I never had before. And, and, you know, when you brought up the active shooter thing, like one of the first jobs I had when I got out of the military as a part-time thing, going to school is I was working at Under Armour mm-hmm. and they had us go through an active shooter training on like an iPad. And one of my managers had come up to me while, you know, I was like folding t-shirts or something. <laughs> and, um, you know, he just, you know, right off the bat was like, Josh, what would you do if an active shooter came in here? And I was like, well, I'd take cover. And then I would try to find the first vulnerable moment to, to defuse the situation. Right. And that was, completely against what their code was of how to do things right you know as an employee your job was to find seek shelter or you know a a barrier and evacuate the scene as quick as possible yeah and and i told him i was like i'm sorry i mean maybe there is a part of me that would do that but you know through the training i've been through and the mentality that i've built that i'm the one running in not running out I just can't see myself doing that regardless if I have a weapon or not. Like, right. I feel like there's a part of me that would still say I need to do something right. to stop this from getting any further. Um, you know, and he just kind of looked at me like, you know, well, you're not supposed to do that, you know, and I don't really understand why you would want to do that. But that's that part that that's that characteristic yeah. of there's something bigger than that's you. That's never going to go away now, you know? Right. Because, like, you know, that we, I mean, when we're, when we're sitting through training and we're, you know, like when we're in, it's bullshit. Like, I, right. you know, every year I got to do this bullshit, every year I got to do these CBTs right. or whatever, whatever. I know this. I know this already. You know what I'm saying? You're going to tell me right. the same thing. And then half the time, you know, unfortunately, the, 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 the person is, you know, you might not even respect the senior yeah. airman or whoever it is is up there training you. And they might not even be, you know, they're just reading off the PowerPoint, you know, but, Right. You still getting the information for 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 whatever reason, you know what I'm saying? It's still you get still being put through scenarios, whether it be RTC before deployment right. or whatever it is. So it becomes, you know, like I said, it's muscle memory. It's just mm-hmm. like, you know, it just kicks in when it kicks in after after right. you've been already like through all that stuff. It's just gonna kick in regardless, and. Yep. You know, like you said, from 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 coming from active duty military and being a military policeman and then going back into the civilian world mm-hmm. and, you know, it's kind of like, like some of the the mentality, you know, I get it, I guess. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's ridiculous. It's kind of like, OK, dude, you know, like right. I went to I went to a, a, an app, you know, I went to a, I was going to apply for a job at a gym, you know, just because. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, and then like you go through these interviews, man, you know, and it's right. kind of like he's asking me, um, so how would you handle a stressful situation? You know what I'm Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. dude, ain't, there is nothing in this gym that could stress me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, you didn't I, pick I know up exactly your towel. Oh, yeah. oh, you didn't re-rack. You know, like there is nothing. Yeah. Like how do how do I answer this question and pass this interview like yeah. Without, without being re- sarcastic yeah. or without like right. rolling my eyes at you. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I I I've had interviews where people or the you know the interviewer asked questions you know well how did you lead a situation or how did you manage it and stuff like that and the only thing i can refer to is like situations doing police work right you know like oh well there was a burglary and you know i had to arrest this lady and you know tell someone to go here and they just kind of look at you like yeah you know hey great but like it's not customer service you know it's like it is but it's not right yeah i can deal with public like I know how to talk to any single person because I understand every situation is completely different, but no, I don't know how to pick up the phone necessarily and deal with, you know, someone who ordered a package and it, it wasn't the right item they bought. Right. You know, but I, I, you just have to, it's one of those things where you just want to tell them like, just trust me. Yeah. You know? Just give me the job. Just dude. I got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I'm saying? yeah. Why are we even talking? Yeah. I Pay can do your day. job. Why? Yeah. I can do your job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah, man, I mean, like, so, um, what is your, what is your, one of your favorite memories from the military, from your military years? Um, you know, honestly, a lot of the times I, I mean, my, my favorite year and and probably the best year of my life in general was probably my first year in Korea. Mm -hmm. Um, I was pretty much, I was a very late bloomer through my teenage years. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was still very young, and I remember when I had gone to the recruiter's office, my recruiter had told me, you know, she had said that her first duty station was Korea, and she loved it. And I remember looking at her, and I was like, fuck that. Like, I don't want to go to Asia, you know? <laughs> and um, it just so happened, you know, after I graduated uh, from tech school and stuff like that, of course, about 40 of us from our team got assignments to um the Korea Peninsula. And that was right at the time where North Korea was bombing the islands off of the coast of South Korea and stuff like that. So it it was, this was still a time, you know, a lot of people forget obviously because emotions have been up and down through the years. But this, when I was heading over there, it was at a time that tensions were very high. Right. And and even the entire year I was there, tensions were high off and on. Um, it just that year taught me so much about myself, uh, friendships, the culture, um, the difference between a, a different country in America, um, and America and just the absolute the, the the supervisors I had were some of the best I've ever had. Right. Um, you know, I, I've luckily been truly blessed to have exceptional i mean there's probably only one supervisor i could think of that was just trash through my entire <laughs> career which is very lucky you know yeah um, it was just a really good year and then you know even at edwards you know just being up at the rock i think you you just had so many uh just so much shit that would happen up there right you know that you just have the deepest conversations with people i mean you're stuck up in this remote location for 12 hours right um, at night, you know, no one's coming up. Um, 
you just you talk to people around you and stuff like that and you argue with people and you know um you learn a lot about other individuals and stuff like that so i'd say between korea and then just a lot of the people i met at edwards um those are probably some of like the best memories i could think of yeah or the most impactful right i remember when i got to when i came to edwards and you know and i would I would like when I was flight chief, I would go up to the rock just to do post check sometimes. Yeah. You know, and like everybody would be sitting there looking at me like, dude, what the fuck are you doing up here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that was you know, you know, but kinda got that vibe, you know, it's like every now and then because I was going up there like, you know, on a regular basis, maybe two or three times a cycle or whatever, you know. So I'm like, you know, I got that vibe from people. I'm like, okay, I'm I think I'm gonna go up there less. You know, as yeah. long as people aren't fucking up and I'm not getting called or whatever, I think I'm going to go up there less because they're really looking at me like, dude, you fucking up the vibe. Like, why are you here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely. I mean, and I was new. I was yeah. new at that point. So people didn't really like, you know, they, you know, it's kind of like when you got a new flight team. You don't, you don't, you know, he's a, he outranks yeah. you. You don't know, you know, because there are shady people out there who will come out and oh, play yeah. buddy, buddy. And then the next thing you know, you, you, you know somebody's talking shit about you or right you know yeah. it just backfires on you so i understand yeah. from 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 a, from an airman to an nco level how you know they didn't trust me. i didn't i didn't earn that trust yet like later on right it was better you know what I'm saying it was like people were glad to see me and glad for me to yeah. come out there and talk but in initially they really didn't know and i guess you know like a lot of times people say i you know i carry a demeanor of like oh he's serious oh he's you know like they don't want to open up yeah you know, and then like you know, the, whether whether you you cool or not, you know, I guess like just stuff coming from a flight chief is like I said, it's either corny or you don't know whether to really trust it or not. So yeah, I I mean I, honestly, looking back at of all the flight chiefs I had, you know, you you were one of the best people, supervisors, and flight chiefs that I could have asked for because I think you know a lot of people don't get it, but I I think you were able to maintain that fine line of having a relationship outside of work with the airman, but still maintaining that composure of I am the boss. And, and when you would, when you would lead and and tell someone to do something, it wasn't in a demeaning way. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't in a, you know, a power structure of like, I'm lead or I'm the leader. I outrank you. You have to do what I say. And you and I both know for a fact there were plenty of people at that base who would talk like that. Right. Um, but, you know, yeah, there's there's definitely that fine line in the first, you know, few weeks or the few f- first few cycles of work where you're feeling out the airmen. You're probably looking at, like, who's the nerd? Who's the fuck up? Who's who's the leader of the flight? Right, you know, right, like right. Who, who's outspoken? And we're looking at you like. Is this dude strict? Does he really, you know, we're sitting there analyzing you right. about what you're going to act like. So, I mean, I know after the first few weeks I got the vibe, I was like, you know what, this this guy cares about the important stuff, but he's not going to fret over the petty shit. Right. And and that's, to me, an aspect of a, of a good leader is, is someone who looks at the bigger picture of things and is like, you know, like it, – it, I don't give a shit if you roll your sleeves, you know, one cuff. Right. Like it's it's 115 degrees out, you know. Like, right. You know, do you have your gun with you? Like that's the bigger deal, you know. Right. Right. Um. So after a few weeks, I think that's why I was able to, and I think I did come to you at one point and say, you know, like, 
you're on a good flight. You know, we'll take care of you if you take care of us. Um, I was probably yeah. super intoxicated at the point, but, um, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate it. And then, like, you and, you and, like, you and Navoa and them started, you know, like, we hung out at the house when y'all was at the house and, and whatever, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. And that was, you know, like, I appreciate it because at the same time, you know, like, I'm a flight chief. I'm single. I'm not married. Most of my right. peers are married and yeah. get out or whatever it is, you know. And I feel like, you know, like, there was always, you know, from, from, from my point of view, you, like, you would, you would uh like, there would be stories of people that were in Korea or somewhere. And it's like, oh, yeah, we, we drank with our flight chief and we barbecued and we did this oh, and yeah. we did that and blah, 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 oh. and blah, blah. And it was kind of like, you know, the camaraderie. And it, it was yeah. all good then, you know. But then yeah. you get stateside yeah. and it's like, you know, yeah. I'm going to knock your friends and blah, blah, right. blah. You know, but we're family. And then you go to command. Oh, we're family. I'm like, how the fuck we're going to be family if we can't be friends? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, and, yeah. Uh, one of my mate, one of my biggest things was, I know I can't prevent everything. And yes, like I, I, when I put myself, when I was, you know, when I hang out with 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 my my flight and my people or whatever, it's just that thing of me being the rank that you know, like that's why I may, some may come and show face and and, and just like kind of like keep that, hey, I'm here. You guys have fun. Then they're out like 10, 15 minutes later, you know, you know, but I'm there. I'm like, I'm drunk as fuck and I got to sleep on your couch. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm here. (laughs) Okay, so that covers part one. We talked about a lot of military stuff. So even if you're not in the military, I'm sure, you know, hopefully you find something interesting in it. Pass it on to those who are in the military still serving. Um, If you're working mids. Tell your flight members to join in and listen to my episode and, you know, support a, a, a young pimp out here trying to do some things. But, yeah, that's part one. Um, part two is coming up. All right. I appreciate you. <laughs>